game is over, the New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it! That's a Jet touchdown! Can't wait! You're listening to the official New York Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in the official Jets podcast. Ethan Greenberg, Eric Allen. We got a very good show in store for you today. We brought in Brian Baldinger of NFL Network. I'm sure you've seen his stuff. I've, seen, I've seen his stuff. Hashtag Baldy's Breakdown. <laughs> On Twitter. He, I've actually seen a lot of his stuff over the years. Well, good thing I was talking to the audience and not you. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> and Baldy came out and braved the elements Sunday at Soldier Field. Come on, pregame it, central. It looked, it looked extremely windy on pregame central, didn't it? It was. We got to get that table nailed down. But I'll tell and you. And your papers. Yeah, a couple of my papers blew away. But fortunately, uh, no game plan notes on there for the Bears to take a look at. But, uh, hey. Always great catching up with Baldy. He breaks it down like no other. And we'll talk to him. He had great things to say about Sam Darnold. Really cool insight about what goes behind his breakdowns. And talked a little bit about the Dolphins, a little bit about midseason MVPs because we're at the midway point of the NFL season, which is crazy to think about. And Jamal Adams said this the other week, and it kind of stuck with me, is after the Vikings game, he said, there's kind of, sort of, not really a lot of time left, but there still is a lot of time left in the NFL season because when you think about it, it's November at this point. That's right. And Make I, sure you get out and vote. And, and thank you for that. And halfway through the NFL season, there is still a lot of time left, but at the same time, there's not a lot of time left. So it's like a very interesting dynamic well right before now. you know it for the jets they're going to be at their bye their week 11 bye and then you got you know six games down the stretch but uh, game nine is very important for this team against the miami dolphins and morris claiborne uh set the tone i think for the week and a couple other guys actually said that said this in the post-game locker room at soldier field after the jets lost 24 to 10 to the bears that this is a must win for the jets what do you think about that, Young Greens, the man who said the Colts game was the most important game of the season for the Jets? Well, at the time it was. Okay, what do you think about this game against the Miami Dolphins, though? It's obviously very important. I want to I clarify here because you, 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 keep, you keep saying, if you're a first-time listener, I didn't just say the Colts-Jets game. I would hope you're not a first-time listener, but if you are, tell your friends, tell your family. Yeah, tell, tweet, whatever. So what I'm saying is that, going back then, is I wasn't saying that the Jets – Colts game was the most important game of the season in a 16-game season. I didn't pluck it out of a hat or anything. I didn't mark it down on the calendar. But at the time, I felt that it was it was one of those games where it, I felt like it would show, entering week six, that the Jets would have taken a step in the right direction as a team if they would have beaten that Colts team, and they did. Well, and this team is in desperate need of a step in the right direction. And Todd Bowles said Monday during a conference call with reporters, we have dug ourselves a hole. We have to dig ourselves out of it. I like that a lot. And I think that it's true. And if you remember last year at Miami, the Jets lost 
I don't think they won the year before in Miami either. So 0-2 in Miami in the past two years. They had a fourth quarter lead last year. Yeah. That was a bitter defeat. Yes, it was. So I'm sure. And the Dolphins won in week two at MetLife Stadium, the Jets season opener, 20-12 to contest, when Sam Darnold passed for 334 yards, becoming the youngest player in NFL history to throw for more than 300 yards. Thank you. Thank okay. you for that. On a side note here is just, I remember last year's game was extremely muddy and the and the field was all chalked up and charred up because the University of Miami had played there the night before in that mud bowl. Yes. The same thing is going to happen this week. Who's Miami playing this it week? Sounds, as it stands now, Duke plays the U at Hard Rock Stadium the, the night, I think it's the night before, or maybe the afternoon. It's I don't probably know the afternoon. I can't yeah, imagine I, they I, put I, that I game at three, night. I think it's a 3 o'clock game. Regardless, so Duke, Miami... At Hard Rock Actually, Stadium. Miami played, I think, Syracuse last year. It was yeah. a Saturday game. It was. And they took care of business. But congratulations to you. your Orange, who are now in the top 25. I know there's a lot of celebrations going on there because there uh, probably there's is. just two seasons. What is it? Basketball season and winter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's basketball season and there's winter. That's it. Well, the Qs, they continue to play basketball every week. I love Dino Baber's offense. They were in a highly entertaining affair against the C State and the Wolfpack went down, but we're not gonna. Uh, I, I digress on that matter, and let's get back to the Jets at the midway point. If I asked you who is the team MVP, just the oh, team MVP, the who, team MVP, who would you go with? It's a tough question. Yeah, it is a tough question. The team MVP. Yeah. I think you could go in a lot of different directions, but uh, for me, all of them land on defense right now. Okay. I think you could make a case for Jamal Adams. Uh, I think he's. I think he's I'd agree with taking that. a step in the right direction. I think you could make a case for Morris Claiborne, who's playing his best ball of his career. But I'm going to go with a bit of an X factor, Darren Lee. Darren Lee. I'm going with Darren. Career Lee high three interceptions. Yeah, he, he's first among linebackers tied for. The interception lead. Yep. He, I think that he was someone that coming into this year, a lot of fans and a lot of external media had questions about Darren Lee because you hadn't seen a lot of the production from him the first two years. But you saw growth, and this year I think he's taken a real step forward for this Jets team. So, I mean, it may not be the the, the sexiest name out there, but I think Darren Lee's played really no, well. No, he's played well. Anytime you're talking about inside linebacker who's got three interceptions on the season, and who's been pretty good in coverage and also has helped this uh, team in terms of the run game, uh, I definitely think he's taken some steps forward. I, I'd be think, I think you got to be hard-pressed to go against Adams at this point, eight games in the season, because while he only has the one interception, the Jets walk him down in that box a lot. He makes a lot of tackles towards the line of scrimmage. He's made a number of stops behind the line of scrimmage. He's been in on some other takeaways and I think he stepped up vocally as well. Just through eight games, I think you'd have to go with Adams, which actually leads us to a nice transition to our special guest today because Brian Baldinger is That's, one of the biggest Jamal Adams fans there are. You hit the nail on the head. Brian Baldinger, he loves Jamal Adams. So without further ado, here's our chat with Baldy. RDA, let's bring in Brian Baldinger. You can follow him on Twitter at BaldyNFL. Baldy gives tremendous breakdowns. You got to watch. So I have to know 
How much time does that take you? And when do you start and when do you end? Well, I uh, I got home late Monday, uh, Sunday night after that game at Soldier Field, Jets in Chicago, and I got to NFL Films about uh, 11 o'clock. So I got some done Sunday night and then all day yesterday and, and today. I do two f- versions of it, EA. I, uh, I do Baldy's breakdowns for the NFL, and this week they had me break down the coach of the year, rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, all these different categories, and I did all that. And then I just do uh, other feeds for on Twitter, for fans and the NFL uses my content to put it on different platforms, but I just see things that um, stand out. You know, whether it's standout performances or unacceptable play or or great technique. You know, I mean, I just comb these games. I watch as many as I can, as long as I can, and um, I go game by game. And I, I just kind of see watching the Carolina Panthers and how North Turner's evolving in his offense right there, and. You know, some of the good stuff and some of the bad stuff that I saw all week. And I just I put it out there, and the fans seem to really enjoy it and get that kind of level of analysis. Yeah, you're doing a fantastic job. You're a social media dynamo, in addition to doing what you're doing on radio and television. But you were in Chicago on Sunday, and you did appear on Pregame Central, presented by Pepsi. Yeah. Not, nice spot there. Uh, from you, buddy. But uh, what do you know about this New York Jets team at the midway point of the 2018 season? This is the third consecutive year they've had a three and five mark at the midway point. Well, offensively, you know, obviously it was a really, they really struggled all day. And uh, a lot of it was just, you know, pre snap penalties, just yeah. getting themselves behind the chains. I mean, they were constantly first and 15, second and 15. And, you know, minus the talent that wasn't out there, or Robbie Anderson, Quincy Anunwa, the injury to Blau Powell, I mean, the injury to Spencer Long. I mean, they're just not good enough, you know, in those positions to lose those key people. And then, you know, a rookie in Sam Darnold who's learning and learning quickly, but still he's a rookie. You know, it's just tough. It's It, it was tough to move the football, you know, a, a swirling, blustery wind, all those conditions. And, and then the penalties on top of it. It was it was a tough day offensively for him. How challenging do you think this is for Jeremy Bates right now? You just mentioned those injuries the Jets are dealing with. Uh, Noonwa still has the ankle injury. We'll have to see about Robbie Anderson, this team's uh, vertical threat, if he can play Sunday in Miami. They're going to have to make do without 2-9 Bilal Powell for the rest of the season. And you mentioned it before. You got a 21-year-old quarterback who you expected to have ups and downs. Uh, how much of a challenge is this for Jeremy Bates right now? Well, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's as tough as it gets. But it's a no mercy league. Nobody's <laughs> yeah. feeling sorry for the Jets. Everybody's just trying to you know eke out another win and trying to stack them and see if they can put something together. So you know, other people have got to pick up. You know, I mean, I don't know how many throwaways Sam Darnold had because he was under pressure. I mean. You know, he completed half his passes, but, I mean, of those half, I mean, I saw, you know, I saw drops. I saw him throw the ball away. I saw him, you know, just trying to save the play and go to the next down and not taking a negative play. I mean, they just can't – there's just no margin for error in the football team right now at anywhere with the injuries. And so, uh, you know, a lot of teams have them. Some teams are better at overcoming them because they're really – you know, they either have depth or they've developed some good players or they have players that make up for it. What do you so like it's about, just the way the league is right now. Yeah. What do you like about Jamal Adams so much? Because I feel like every every Monday or Tuesday, I'm seeing you post a, a Twitter video about Jamal Adams coming around the end, 
and making a run play and making an impact for this Jets team? Well, I mean, going into last week, you know, he led the team and he was leading the team in tackles, you know, tackle for losses, so many different categories. He just the way that he plays the game, the level of intensity, the way that he hits, uh, the way that he, you know, basically rules the middle of the field. I mean, I like all those all those things. He didn't make very many plays against uh, Chicago on, on Sunday, so I don't know if there's going to be a Jamal Adams uh, breakdown this week. I like to do it when he's really good. Yeah. But I just love the way that he plays the game, and uh, I know how important it is to him. And in just talking to certain coaches on that Jet staff, they wish they could have quite a few more of Jamal Adams sprinkled amongst the team that uh, they'd probably be able to overcome a lot of the issues right now if they had more of that type of spirit. Baldy, how much pressure does it put on this defense where the offense is at right now? You, you just talked about their struggles. And defensively, I thought they played very well in Chicago for 30 minutes of football minus one play where Tariq Cohen got free on a screenplay for 70 yards. But the Jets didn't ha- make that stop down the stretch when they were actually still in a ball game at 17-10. to 10. Um, Do you think what's happened offensively can have an impact on this defense right now? Yeah, I mean, it can wear, you can wear down. You can be out there too long and all those kind of things. And certainly in the second half, they, they, had a, uh, they really struggled to stop them on, you know, basically the whole second half. I mean, they really struggled to stop them. I mean, Chicago was just able to continue to convert. They had a hard time, as I thought they would. They had a hard time containing Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. I mean, he's an, he is an elite runner with the football. He's second amongst all quarterbacks at rushing the football, and he extends drives. He did on Sunday. He didn't run for a lot. Of, I mean, 51 yards he ran for, I think. But, you know, those were important runs. They they extend drives, and you got to account for them. And the Patriots didn't, and the Jets didn't. And, you know, they it just keeps your defense out there. And plus you're chasing that guy. It wears people out. So <clears throat> they had a hard time with him in the second half, and um, it didn't help their cause. But, it, you know, look, I mean, the defense has got to take the ball away. And, you know, they weren't able to do that. No. The other day, they didn't knock the ball loose. They didn't force a fumble. They didn't. They didn't do anything like that. So, I mean, the defense has got to. They got to be able to help to change the game. They've invested a lot of resources outside of the ball. They have a lot of number one draft picks, a lot of high price free agents on that side of the ball. Uh, those guys, you know, they're getting paid and being drafted to change the game, and they got to step up and do that. Morris Claiborne said after the game, Baldy, as in the locker room, I was listening. To- to his post-game media briefing. He said, it's a must-win against the Miami Dolphins. When you look at the Jets' schedule, here they are, 3-5. and They're starting in the AFC East portion, going down to South Florida, playing the Dolphins. Then they come home and play the Buffalo Bills, and you got to buy before you face New England. You can't even think about the Patriots right now. But with them being on a two-game losing streak right now, do you – buying into that. You played the game, man, and you've been covering it forever. Do you think this is a must for the Jets to win this weekend? Yeah, I do. Um, look, there's going to be a lot of Jet fans down there in Miami. There always is. It's almost a home game for them. Um, they're going to get support down there. Uh, a lot of transplanted New Yorkers. And so the Miami Dolphins are they're struggling the same way. I mean, they're 4-4 four and four right now. And they've come off two straight losses after a great win against Chicago. And so they've had 10 days to get ready after just an awful loss to Houston. 
So I, I I'm with uh, Maurice Claiborne on this. I mean, they're three and five, and you go to three and six, you lose another division game. I mean, it's you're looking uphill the whole second half of the season. You win this game, and you get your fourth win. You get a a game against Buffalo that. You know, by all means, you know, we saw how they're struggling. Yeah. I mean, who knows? If you can get to 5-5 five and five in a bye and you, you know, get some guys healthy and the quarterback gets a little bit more confidence, I mean, who knows against the Patriots what you can do. Darnold, has he met your expectations? Is this what you thought of going into his rookie season? Obviously, you can't account for injuries, but you know better than anybody injuries are going to happen on any team. It just seems like it's really hit the Jets of late, but uh, do you like, uh, by and large, what you've seen of him so far? I'll say this, EA. I spoke with Tony Romo before the game up in the booth, and we were talking about quarterbacks and specifically Sam Darnold. And Tony Romo loves him. He said this, and I'll quote, he has a chance to be the best quarterback in the NFL. So, I mean, that's coming from a guy that does this every single week, and he knows the position. And he told me why. Just his decision-making, the speed, the, uh, the way that he gets the ball out, there's a lot to work with. I, I don't care about any rookie statistics. Mm. I saw Eli Man- or Peyton Manning throw 30 interceptions his rookie year. He was the best quarterback we've all watched in our lifetime, him and Tom Brady together. So... The, the rookie year is the rookie year. I mean, the whole purpose of drafting Sam Darnold at number three EA is to now identify him as the franchise quarterback and just do nothing but build around him. Depth on the offensive line, more weapons. Just give them more and more and more like they did Trubisky, like they have Carson Wentz, like they have Jared Goff, and you build around that guy. And that's the formula. So I like everything about the kid, everything. And so nothing seems to phase him. I mean, I'm sure that he's not happy being where he's at record-wise, but he's not going to be – he's going to do everything the right way. And so I think the Jets are fortunate. Baldy, just from a macro level is – going back to the film breakdowns is what can you tell – for people that know – what for people that don't know is what can you tell people the differences between watching film and watching the game broadcast? Well, you know, if you just watch the game broadcast, you don't have the ability just to slow it down and freeze it and rewind it and go over and over and over again. You can't see all 22 players. I mean, if you're watching the TV broadcast, EA, I mean, you know, the the, the cart camera, the, the game camera is going to follow the quarterback. So as soon as the quarterback drops back, you immediately lose the entire secondary in what happens. You don't know the route combinations. You don't know the coverage. You don't know if somebody made a mistake. You don't know how the route combination beat the cover. You don't know anything that happens at that part of the field. You don't see the breakdowns inside on the offensive line, why a play works, why it doesn't work. So if you're watching the coaches' broadcast, you can watch this in slow motion. You can freeze it, rewind it, uh, and you can play it over and over and over again, and you can see the whole design of the play, the mistakes of the play, why it worked, why it didn't work. Effort. I mean, all that stuff you see when you can sit in a film room and study it. The game is impossible to really digest in real time. You have to slow it down and comb it to really see what happens on every play. Who's your midseason MVP? You said you're going through your awards right now. Oh, Patrick Mahomes beat out uh, Todd Gurley by, you know, just about just a hair. Uh, and 
right now, Patrick Mahomes, he's thrown 26 touchdown passes. I mean, he's chasing Peyton Manning's record of 2013 of 55. Mm. I didn't think anybody would break that. I mean, he's averaging, I, I mean, every single category, he's off the charts good. And uh, it's just so much fun to watch him. I mean, and they've got a dynamic. They've got the number one offensive football right now. But Patrick Mahomes, for me right now, is the league MVP halfway through the season. I know they played up at Gillette Stadium, and the Patriots won that game 43-40. It was a highly entertaining affair. Would you say New England is still the favorite in the AFC, or would you actually point to Kansas City and say, you know what? The Chiefs have so many offensive weapons. If they're able to secure home field advantage, which is a big F, a lot of football left to be played, that Kansas City should be considered the top team in the conference. Uh, it's hard to say right now. I mean, uh, Kansas City had a home playoff game last year against Tennessee, and they got beat. Yeah. Um, Look, I, I think there's a lot of teams that can make noise. The, the, the Houston Texans have quietly won five in a row. Um, that defense is is not fun to play against right now. They do just about everything well. Uh, I wouldn't. You will see what Pittsburgh does in Baltimore this weekend. But Pittsburgh looks like they're turning it around. Um, I think there's going to be some teams that are going to be able to compete with both the Patriots and the Chiefs before it's all over. I mean, let's go over the NFC. Uh, the Rams are the only undefeated team in the National Football League. They're playing New Orleans this weekend. Have the Rams and maybe the Saints separated themselves from a few of those other teams like the Vikings? The Eagles are going through their early season struggles right now, but they're definitely not out of the mix. Washington atop the NFC East. Uh, kind of yeah, give me a glimpse of what you see when you look at the NFC right now. Well, I mean, when New Orleans went to Minnesota and beat them last week, I mean, that was a big statement win, yeah. you know, for the NFC. They, they reversed uh, the loss of the playoff game from a year ago. Uh, so that was a big statement. They've won five in a row. They're a good football team in all, in all areas. Their, their number one pick, Marcus Davenport, just keeps getting better every week. Uh, they just picked up Eric Apple. They can now play their man coverage that they want to play and get after the quarterback. I think they're going to get better defensively. They were awful to start the season. By getting Mark Ingram back, and I mean they're just a really sound football team. That will give the Rams a fit. Uh, that'll be a great game to kind of judge, you know, who's the best. But look, Carolina right now is turning it around. Their offense is really coming together. They had a big win against Philadelphia and Baltimore in back-to-back weeks, um, you know. And then you 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 just can't sleep right now. Seattle is playing really good football. I think there's you know, and I, and I although the Eagles are four and four, uh, Carson Wentz is playing fantastic football. I think there's a lot of good football to be played in Philadelphia. So I, I think there's, it's going to be a, a real tough tournament uh, this year in the NFC once the playoffs begin. With the financial flexibility in the spring that they have, do you think there are pieces here where the Jets are going to be able to turn this thing around? I think there's pieces. Yep. You know, you'd love to see, you know, I, I think Chris Herndon is a young guy, obviously the touchdown catch last week, but he's a guy I think that they can build with. I think they still need another elite tight end. Uh, we got to see what Bilal Powell looks like, you know, after this uh, surgery. I mean, it's a serious injury, you got to see, but he certainly has uh, been a good complement with uh, Crow. Uh, so maybe they upgrade down. I mean, you just, you just got to look at it piece by piece and look at the whole thing. Look at, you know, I mean, I, I think that. When you look at Sam Darnold, he's 
you know, first in a building, last to leave, studies the game. I mean, you just got to get like-minded people in there. Mm. You win with a great locker room. And so that means character, work ethic, um, bonding together. Like, you got to look at all these different components, just not about talent and skill. And so I think Mike McCagden here, uh, if him and the staff are fortunate enough to, you know, stick around for another year and more years to come, those are the kind of people that you got to win with. The Eagles won with not the most talented group last year, but they had probably the best team. And they showed it overcoming all the injuries. And so that's how you do it. You do it with team, and you do it with developing younger players. And so I think everything is on the table, and everything should be under the microscope. Because I do believe that it starts with the quarterback, and I think they have that guy in the building. Before I let you go here, last question for me is, what can Jets fans expect from the Dolphins this week? What have you seen from them on field? Well, the best game I saw them play was two weeks ago against the Chicago Bears, and in that game, Brock Osweiler wasn't sacked, and they ran the ball really well. Frank Gore is having a almost like a renaissance of a season. I mean, he's averaging better than what he's averaged in his career. I think he's the third or fourth leading rusher of all time. And Kenyon Drake was a good compliment. I mean, they could run the football. And it's going to start start with that. I don't know if I don't know who's going to play whether it's Tannehill or Osweiler this week. But they want to try to run the football and they have done that at times this year. Um and then there is at times, you know, against Houston where they're a really good run defense, they weren't very good at it. And they turned the ball over. So, that's if I was a Jets fan, I'm going to be there at Dolphin Stadium where I'm watching this game on TV. I mean, I'd, I'd watch both those backs, Score and Drake, and how they run the ball because when they're running it pretty well, that offense isn't bad. That's Brian Baldinger of NFL Network. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at BaldyNFL. Baldy, thanks for coming on the official Jets podcast. Great job as always, brother. Okay. My pleasure, guys. I'll talk to you down the road, man. Take care. Great stuff from Baldy as always. But what really stood out there was what Baldy and Tony Romo both believe Sam Darnold is going to be. I mean, you heard it. Baldy said that Tony Romo said he has a chance to be the best quarterback in the NFL, and Olivia Landis caught up with Tony Romo Saturday, I believe, the day before the Bears game. Right. He had great things to say. Tony Romo's had great things to say about Sam Darnold since the pre-draft process. Sam is going to be outstanding, and I still think that his ceiling is very, very high, and I think you're going to see a monster leap, even as the end of the season comes in. But really, when next year starts, that second year for players that I think are going to be at the level that I think he'll be at one day, they make a big, big leap, and the game will get very slow for him, you know, through OTAs and training camp. So I think he's just enjoy right now, you know, the uh, the ups and downs, him learning every play, and then you'll see him take off pretty soon here. I'm completely impressed with uh, Darnold's temperament. He was raised so right by his parents. you got to give them a lot of credit. And I'm not saying that because he's a young kid. It's just that he is a way about him. And you grew up in Manhattan Green, so you've been around this media circuits since you were born. You understand what the headlines look like in the New York Post and the New York Daily News every day and the scrutiny here in New York. And the the great players in New York over time, I think, have a temperament that is they're just steady. They're unwavering in their belief in themselves, and they will do anything to help their team. I think Darnold has that. 
I think Romo has put unbelievable expectations on him yeah. by coming out and saying, I think he's going to be the best quarterback in the league. That could happen, Greens. But it's from, lofty. It, from, from my perspective, it's like, whoa, <laughs> let's just let this guy come in here and do his deal. But I'm, not, I'm like Baldy. I'm not so caught up in his stats. Let's just watch what he does each and every week. He doesn't look out of place on a football field. And right now he's dealing with a lot. I mean, that is tough. You look at the Jets' weapons, you would go into the season saying, yeah, they, they'll be able to manufacture some points, but, you know, there are not a lot of stars on the offensive side of the ball. And you taking big-time pieces out of there when you talk about a noon one, Bilal Powell. I've always, you've heard me say this numerous times, I, I call those guys energizer bunnies for the for this team. And, and they're gone right now. And we'll have to see when a noon one comes back. And then Robbie Anderson can take the top off the defense. He's out of the lineup. So when you're going in... Chicago and Deontay Burnett, give him credit because he was promoted from the practice squad and he played with Darnold at USC, but he leads the team in yards receiving and had that uh, nice catch down the sideline against the Bears. Andre Roberts wasn't taking reps at receiver for the most part early in the season. I know he's a veteran and he can do it, but he's getting out there a lot. You got Jermaine Curse, Rashard Matthews, which just signed off the street a couple days ago. Hey, he's got a lot on his shoulders and Baldy mentioned it too, pre-snap penalties, man. You can't have pre-snap penalties when you have all these things going around you in terms of mixing and matching guys in and out. Jeff's got to help him a little bit more. I'm very happy that you mentioned what Baldy said about the rookie stats because I think that that's very important in all of this is that you can't get caught up in Sam Darnold's stats and you have to look at what EA said and what Baldy said and what Tony Romo and pretty much everyone has said is that Sam Darnold, is he looking the part? Is he doing the little things right? Is he going through his progressions? Is he making the right read? Is he making the right decision? Is he looking off the safety? I mean, there's a thousand things that go into playing quarterback. And I think that Sam Darnold is doing those things right, even though the record and his stats may not show yet. And, and Baldy mentioned it, but Peyton Manning led the league in interceptions his rookie year. He had like 30. So he clearly had a tremendous career here. I'm not saying that high interceptions leads to success, but it doesn't mean that it will hinder your progress and you won't be a good quarterback. Well, you didn't turn the football over against the Bears, and I know the Jets had a ton of three and outs, and oftentimes he was under duress. But conversely, you can say after he throws the ball to Herndon and they have a scoring connection for the third consecutive game, and remember, these guys are rookies. Jets are in the game at 17-10, and in that contest, they were widely outplayed Mm -hmm. for large portions, but he still had them in position where it's a one-possession game, and you got to give the defense credit, but I'm just saying, he didn't have have any killer mistakes. Okay. And and the Jets caught a break. Listen, nobody's going to feel bad for you about the injuries. Jets did catch a break themselves with Khalil Mack out of the lineup. Allen Robinson, too. Yeah, true. But... Before we wrap up here God, on the official Jets podcast, yeah, I know, it's crazy. Uh, I want to I just do a quick little Halloween bit. Yeah, I didn't dress up as anything. No, no, Did you go to any Halloween parties no, this year? No, I didn't. You didn't, huh? No. Are you... I'm hearing around the office there's a Halloween party the other Halloween night. Halloween or Team Halloween? You say Halloween? Yeah, hollow. Yeah, okay. See, I, I, I've said Halloween my whole life, and yeah. only the past couple of years have I started to begin 
to hear people say Halloween, I think that's crazy. I think it's fun for people to dress up. I still think this is a holiday that should be celebrated by kids. Yeah, I feel like it is for the most part. I do. Or it's an excuse to get candy from your kids. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I was never the 25 or 30-year-old guy wearing a costume anywhere. Uh, I'm not either. In, in fact, Halloween, I'm going to catch slack for this. At me on Twitter. Okay. Overrated. So if you're not a child or you're not the parent of a child, it is overrated. Um, because if you're dressing up and you're, and you're in college or whatever, it's an excuse to drink. Excuse to be, look stupid. You shouldn't need an excuse to drink when I'm, you're in college. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's an excuse to dress up and and just look stupid. An excuse to drink. It's like a different occasion. So it's just like a theme party, whatever. Yeah. It's overrated to me. And, no. it, and maybe it's because I'm not good at thinking of Halloween costumes. That could entirely be it. That kind of surprises me because you're on-air personality. You're a guy who tries different things, whether it's burgers with Spencer Long or, uh, okay. or, or having a snake or reptile on your shoulder with uh yeah but but Leo i don't need to think of a costume okay it, it, it's like a cause i thought actually you proposed this to me that you're going to do some halloween thing this year was that true or not i thought you actually were going to go out we, we, we were trying to, oh. but it didn't work. oh okay didn't so work you out. actually were going to do that but i wasn't going to dress up oh you weren't no it was going to be through a haunted house Oh, Haunted House. Yeah, which is entirely different now, than dressing uh, up. Haunted House, how about the Haunted Hayrides? Now, you I've go never, for that. Uh, uh, that Dude, is... take your butt out of the city once in a while. Do uh, I don't know like what that. a Haunted have Hayride you, is. Have you ever gone to the Jersey Shore? Uh, I've been a couple times, but <laughs> the first time I went was when I was in college. Okay. Who is Syracuse have this week? Wake Forest. Oh, well, Dino should be getting another one. Yeah, I the Q's going to have a nice bowl game, man. I hope so. I hope it's a pinstripe ball because that would be it would be in our backyard. I could go. Well, you're going to go to the Syracuse-Notre Dame game? Have you decided yet? I have not decided yet. But uh, that's during the bye week, so the stars do align. All right, so what do you think about this matchup, Jets-Dolphins uh, second time around? You got any feel for it yet? No, I, feel, I don't think I have a feel for it yet. I mean... Obviously, we'll have to see what the status is with Kenny Stills and uh, Ryan Tannehill if they're able to play. How about Demonte Parker? He got off yeah, last he, week, huh? Yes, he did. And what is going on with their defense? And they have five touchdown passes to Sean Watson, and guys were just springing loose everywhere. I, I feel like Thursday night's just always a crapshoot. Like you just don't really know what's going to happen because to me, it's either super low scoring or super high scoring. I mean, you saw Rams. Vikings and that, you know, that was a shootout. Yeah. Well, both those defenses, I mean, both those offenses are very right. good. Right. But I, I'm just saying, like, I, I think that there's it, not a lot of players, I think, like the Thursday night game because it's less, it's more sh taxing on your body. You don't have enough time to study or as much time to study. It's like cramming for a test. So I think it's a monstrous game for both teams. And I'm not saying either team is making the playoffs. I'm not saying that. But the Dolphins started 3 and all. They've lost four or five. The Jets are three and five for third consecutive year, and they were three and three a couple weeks ago. Um, you don't want to have another three-game losing streak. You don't want to be three and six. And, and the Dolphins, the wheels could be coming off. They lose another one here. Mm -hmm. That would be five out of six. I mean, I would anticipate both teams coming out with some desperation. I I, I agree with that, and. When you, it's hard to sweep teams, too, Greens. It is hard to sweep teams. And you know, I, I think the Jets do have a sour taste in their mouth from week two. And I'm no doubt about it from last year, but you can't really look back that far. But I think that there is a bit of a sour taste from week two. And 
when you factor in the way the Jets performed. And I, I think that they'll, they'll come out pretty hot against the Dolphins in Miami. Both, team, both these teams are trying to find themselves. That's the way I look at it. No, I haven't watched Miami 60 minutes uh, left and right each game, breaking down game film or anything like that. But just what you read, I think, I think both teams are right in the middle of, okay, I think the Jets know what they want to be. Uh, injuries have certainly impacted that because the run game hasn't been there. Uh, you're, you're using different guys on the outside. And you had a different guy at center last week. I mean, these are all things that impact you. You're getting healthier in defense, and I think that's encouraging. And Tremaine Johnson, maybe he's back in the lineup this week, and you got everybody back in that secondary. So that could be something. But uh, this, is, this is a very intriguing game. I, I think both these teams are in desperate need of a victory. All right, that's all we have here on this week's edition of the official Jets podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be sure to catch you next week. Again, Jets Dolphins, Hard Rock Stadium in Miami this Sunday, 1 o'clock. We'll see you there.